Welcome, welcome everyone. This is Lack of Lepers. Welcome to the Config Call-In Podcast. We are live every Saturday and Sunday starting at 12 Eastern. That's 11 Central. And we go for about an hour. This is a voice chat, technically, in the Society for Containment Fiction Discord. So if someone would like to participate directly, you may do so by joining that Discord server. If you would like a link to that, I would recommend you go to either www.containmentfiction.net or www.configmagazine.com. A link to the Discord, which is a permanent one, so it never goes bad, is available on both of those home pages. Hope you're having a nice day. It is a pretty day, but deceptively so. It is quite cold out there. But there's something about the cold that enlivens in a way that the heat does not. This actually has some purchase in medicine where cold weather stimulates the sympathetic nervous system, which is the one responsible for fight or flight. Today I wanted to start off talking just uh, off script just a little bit. A couple of things just wanted to bring to the attention of anyone listening. By the way, if you do not want to be involved in the Discord server, then you have the option to call our Skype line. This number is 316-444-3115. Again, 316-444-3115. Call in and we will take your call live. The first uh, thing that I would like to point out is something that went up on Conflict Magazine this morning that I am pretty excited about, particularly proud of. This is our first installment of actual containment fiction. Being a platform for works of containment fiction was always part of the idea of Convict Magazine. And today, oh, I don't know, four months into the magazine's existence and posting, we have our first installment. This uses a proprietary format, a variation of the classic of containment fiction, called AOE, which stands for Anomalous Object Entry. And it is somewhat of a mix between SCP, RPC, and ACS. It does not have any of the visual elements of ACS, but it does list some things that ACS tries to communicate. We've mentioned on the show before that there certainly is the opinion out there that ACS does not do this very effectively and that it actually confounds and makes it less clear what is going on by adding so much. But the gist and the spirit of those additions, I think, are a good idea and well-intended. Things such as object severity, containment difficulty, uh, threat level, things like this. Things that existed on the French wiki, if I'm not mistaken, prior to ACS. But this is actually a piece written by an individual who was initially posting this on the SCP wiki. And for those who don't know, I basically 
snipe and scout the deletions page on O5 Command for any piece that I think might have more artistic merit than what is being given credit for on the SCP Wiki per their community tastes. And this certainly was one of those. It's also a low-key homage and shout-out to Furret, but not really, though. This individual wrote this uh, totally on their own. I felt like it was a very nice example of containment fiction, certainly an older style that perhaps is not lauded very much on the current SCP wiki, but I thought was certainly worth being platformed somewhere, somehow. So check that out. I think this is the start of something great. We certainly would like to accumulate our own collection of containment fiction. And on that note, I wanted to start off with a little more of an uplifting comment this podcast, which is that we are very, very early in containment fiction. We have barely started to scratch the surface of what this medium and genre can do or can mean. And I am very excited to think about what containment fiction could look like and could be in five years' time. I think there are several more breakthrough opportunities for containment fiction. I think that we have yet to experience some more major tectonic shifts in containment fiction and what it can mean and what it can do. I think the medium has yet to experience something or its biggest alteration of its DNA yet. And I am not speaking of the developments we spoke about last time approaching the visual side of the medium. I'm talking about the a revolutionary moment in the fundamentals of the writing and not of the appearance. And certainly that's something we're trying to promote on Conflict Magazine as well. And I think, once again, this article does a very good job. The second thing I wanted just to mention, just because it's on my mind, and I think uh, deserves a little bit of attention, is this podcast. Um, Being part of the podcast space now, I certainly have a little bit of a softer heart, a little bit of a softer side for anyone who's attempting to do something similar. And I wanted to shout out this new podcast. I think it started uh, maybe two weeks ago almost. I think it came out a few weeks after we started. So we're in really the same graduating class when it comes to podcasts about the SCP and, of course, uh, greater topics as well, certainly in our case. But I did listen to the first episode of this. It's called SCP Simply Creative People, and it is hosted by SCP author Grigori Karpin and SCP content creator Agent Jack Rabbit. Although I just peeked into the second episode, and it unfortunately looks like this co-host, Jack Rabbit is no longer doing the show, which is a little bit of a surprise, being that this was the second episode. And I certainly believe the podcast has been knocked down a peg, no offense, just that Jack Rabbit was a quite interesting character and brought a lot of levity and personality to the cast. So I certainly hope that 
the remaining host, Grigori Karpin, who does a good job so far in the second episode with what he is given in the vacuum, continues to push through with the difficulties and the personnel changes, because I think this is so far a very good podcast. There are certain things that are mentioned in this first episode that I think are worthy of talking about, and that may be something we look at in an upcoming on-air podcast. In a similar vein, I would like to also shout out another podcast, podcast, another podcast that came out recently, I think in the 15th of January, which was maybe about a week ago or so. And this one is the Creative Stuff Podcast. It's the 12th episode, and it caught my eye from Twitter because it features DJ Cactus, who is always interesting to listen to. And so I would recommend this. It's about two hours, so is the first recommendation, the first episode of the Simply Creative People podcast. And these are a little longer, but I do think that they're worth your while. And as I'm looking at this YouTube page of the Creative Stuff actual cast, I see that a new one has been released featuring uh, Randomini, which was sort of foreshadowed in this DJ Cactus episode. I also mention this because there are certainly things said in this Creative Stuff podcast by DJ, DJ Cactus that we can use as insertion points for a larger containment fiction discussion, particularly about the philosophy of containment fiction and the variety of approaches that individuals have in terms of writing approach, but also intention and what that means for the fidelity to the format and what makes containment fiction containment fiction. But just wanted to foreshadow that on my own part, and we will get to that, I'm sure, one day. For now, I think this is a good opportunity to get through these November 2021 recaps. We ended up moving a little slower through these in more installments than I would have probably done on the blog, which is a little contrary to the initial impetus here, which was meant to make this easier and shorter. That hasn't happened. But I certainly am going to keep this because I really enjoy the interaction. I think it's more worthwhile to stop and detour along the way as people bring up things that are interesting to them using these sorts of um, recaps and, and other subject material as a platform, as a sort of spring springboard for those discussions. So I will continue to do this for sure. But let's get through the rest of this. There are a few interesting things. Last time we basically discussed chat staff in staff chat and there were several occasions in reviewing the podcast episode where I uh, equivocated the two terms said one when I meant the other but I think you can parse that out and so we'll move on enough was said about that I think one of the major takeaways from that just in recap was that there was a very shifty very dishonest change of the skip IRC platform that was done with the intention it seemed from a chat leak that it would be done basically without anyone's notice however that wasn't the case and once it was noticed someone posited the idea of announcing that honestly to the public and to essentially the people who were affected by the change including the chat staff and so that was done and we saw someone named Dr. Bleep who is a wicked uh, SCP Wiki administrator, and this is on the screen now too, 
And I want to read this. Dr. Bleep says, notify people of the change of ownership. So once again, we're getting to the point where the decision is being made that it actually needs to be communicated to other people when that was not the initial conditions. Dr. Bleep also says, clarify what that meant for us going forward. Dr. Bleep clearly in on the supermajority that apparently gave QFIT all the power of the skip IRC with the snap of a few fingers. But this is the most interesting line that Dr. Bleep says, reassure people that Magnus, who by the way is politically radioactive at this point still, Malice, who if you'll recall was the individual captured in another chat staff leak, calling the concerns of the user base as it related to the 2021 town halls, and I quote, bitching, which also got this individual in some heat. It is also worth noticing that Malice was one of the individuals who left staff after the implementation of the recaps in protest of their invaded privacy, but who now is a key member in the Skip IRC chat staff, which again has the ability to see private information. And on that note, the rest of the quote says, Magnus, Malice, and QFIT are professionals and have IRL experience handling the information of this sensitivity in the context of professional sectors, and that they basically would rather resign than abuse their information that they have access to, the privileged information they have access to. And then we also noted last time that basically that was a complete falsehood that QFIT has on several occasions used the private information obtained by him without consent of other individuals to do things like mirror bans on the SCP wiki, but more egregiously contact internet service providers with that information in an attempt to silence and censor individuals based on political disagreements. that was last time. Those were the main points that I thought were uh, good to keep in mind. And we segue to a next topic on the November 2021 recaps. And by this point, we are one year status post an incident that is still being discussed. And that, of course, is the Serastes incident. The name of this topic is the November 2020 incident and Fiat update. Without going too much into it, Fiat is a part of this discussion and the political fallout of this Serastes incident because Fiat was used and utilized in the mistakes that were made. And so the role of that was uh, being reevaluated. That's an oversimplification, but that's the gist. And so in this ongoing saga, uh, of course, once again, Dr. Magnus being the core of the real power abuse, him being excused and forgotten, and technically, as we saw last time, again, on staff, in a position that arguably has more power than what was previously held as an SCP Wiki administrator, but uh, never mind. The summary of this topic is that the Deadly Moose provides an update on the November 2020 incident discussion. G asks... When can we next expect an update on the whole November 2020 incident 
reworking literally everything to be able to post a censure thread thing. Welcome, Dr. Krim. This guy, I am here. Like the profile picture. Red right hand. Yeah, it's a uh, red right hand uh, MTF. You can find it on uh, SCP Wiki. Uh, just look up. Uh, on, wait. I might say in a second. Just continue on while I find Sure. So, in this recap of the November 2020 incident and fiat update, AIS Mallard is working on a 05 command discussion thread, and the Deadly Moose provides the following information. I can report that fiat policy discussion is no longer currently a blocker. I should be able to complete it within the next week or two. And unfortunately, this, once again, was stated sometime in late November 2021, and I do not believe that we have gotten such an update or such a notification of completion. And this, of course, is ongoing in what I would best describe as a Zeno's paradox. Zeno was an ancient philosopher who constructed several logical paradoxes. One of the most famous of them is a paradox of motion that basically tries to argue as an intellectual exercise that motion is impossible. And the argument goes something like this, that in order to get from point A to point B, an individual first has to travel half of that distance, true or false? And of course, the answer is true. And of course, to get to the next point or to get across the next half of that initial displacement, again, half of that distance has to be traveled, which is again true. And you can sort of see where this is going. This is just an ad infinitum argument from there. And the bottom line is that basically point B is never reached because you always have another half to get to first. This is just a paradoxical nature of mathematics. There's basically an infinity between the numbers 0 and 1, and that's what this is pointing out. But I'm using yeah, it. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, the guy who made it is Lux Keepers, hashtag not sponsored, but it's um, on the SCP Wiki dot Lux Keepers art page. A lot of great art there, and I certainly am a big fan of the uh, MFT logos. Yeah, like the colorful logos. <laughs> it's not really an NFT, but it's it's his interpretation of the uh, insignia for red right hand. So, you know, I'm going to pause this Zeno's paradox discussion and and branch off into NFTs for a second. Let me finish this thought. Basically, the idea of bringing up Zeno's paradox is that's essentially what we're happening. Uh, play out in real time with this November 2020, uh, 2020 incident and the quote-unquote updates. These updates are all halfway points and there's always another update halfway point and we have never gotten from A to B. And that's really I think the best image that uh, describes describes this. But yeah that's a good point Dr. Cram. I'm glad you brought that up because NFTs have been sort of a hot topic in the containment fiction space. Have you noticed? Yes I of, and I, I, my personal opinion, I do not like NFTs. I do think that in the future, NFTs can provide some sort of like license for like, like I don't know, software or something. Like you can buy software for it. But for, as far as an example, for people who are who are listening, don't buy NFTs. At least like the like the photo ones because they're not going to be worth anything. 
I'm pretty sure I don't need to say that, but many people buy them thinking, uh, oh, I'm gonna be rich in like five years. I'm like, no, you just bought a JPEG. If you really want it, just screenshot it. Right. Uh, nothing said on this podcast is financial advice, by the way. But yeah, so that's kind of the idea. Uh, yeah. Basically, bought a JPEG, and I get I get it because NFTs, you know, the whole purpose of them is to introduce some degree of digital scarcity which has not been achievable prior to now in the internet realm because simply you could right-click. But NFTs, uh, of course, standing for non-fungible tokens, fungible essentially uh, being a term that stands for uh, things being exchangeable in a one-to-one ratio. And NFTs are basically things that people can design and create and because of the technology behind them it guarantees a scarcity to it where there's only one of those so it's the analogy that i would say is a lot like the copies and replicas of let's take a famous art piece like the mona lisa where there are numerous copies uh, there are numerous right clicks of the mona lisa in the world but there's only one real original one that is worth uh well it's actually priceless And so this is sort of the same idea. You can make as many copies as you would like of something, but the real value of it lies in it being original. And NFTs, with their technology uh, behind them, allow that to finally happen on the internet via digital scarcity. Yeah, uh, as far as I can tell, uh, there has been uh, controversy relating to uh, a bunch of artwork from SCP Wiki and SCP Containment Breach of someone making unlicensed pictures and selling them online for, uh, you know, NFTs and such. And my opinion on that is, well, I really don't have an opinion because I, I just shared my opinion as NFTs as a whole, but it really is just uh, really weird seeing a bunch of people take other people's stuff and selling them online. Yeah, and that's exactly right. That's kind of what I've been getting out of the whole situation here. And for anyone who's listening and who's interested, we actually offer this as a topic to write about for the magazine. If you're not familiar, the magazine takes freelance submissions. Our typical payment is about $75 per an article submitted by someone, unless it's a piece of microfiction. And then we'll offer a little less. But one of the featured jobs on the job board that's available for anybody who wants to write about it is certainly this NFT and SCP uh, controversy. There is a NFT platform, a lot like you can think of it like the App Store or any other sort of sales platform, but specifically for NFTs called OpenSea. And OpenSea uh, apparently didn't do a very good job of ensuring that minted nfts were not the copyrighted property of other individuals so we had a lot of pirating going on with original art and the scp community and space now i'll say this just an interesting uh an interesting note an interesting factoid about this is that technically anyone is free to mint an nft of something that is released as creative commons because once again the idea of the nft is to make something non-fungible so when you mint let's say you minted a textual copy of scp 4000 
and uh, wanted to sell that, well, it's actually perfectly legal to do that because that is Creative Commons and there is no claimed exclusive intellectual property in the minting of that NFT. Uh, instead, there is basically just taking that Creative Commons license and instantiating it once in a fashion that says this copy is definitive. So this Creative Commons copy is definitive and you can own this one but uh, of course the context itself is is not intellectually protected. Does that make sense? Yep. At least to me. <laughs> yeah, so anyone else can make another NFT. It's just, you know, maybe see the way this would play out in SCP, this hasn't happened yet. I thought this would happen. I think I think you're right, uh, Dr. Krim. I think it will eventually come around after the elation where the sort of irrational exuberance uh, surrounding NFTs and it's just highly, highly volatile and speculative nature that will once uh, at one time be sort of calmed down. And I think once people can reapproach NFTs for the innovation that they truly are, uh, of course, I don't own one. I'm never going to buy one because I have my other reasons. But I think once that dies down and NFTs can again be approached with a little less inflammation, then it offers a very nice opportunity for anyone who has ever felt withheld by the Creative Commons license on something like SCP to actually generate income based on their work and to their name. For example, if the uh, writer of SCP-4000 wanted to mint an NFT of the text and then sell it, well, the benefit of the NFT technology would mean that that is the only copy that was minted by the author, just in the same way that the original, you know, uh, Mona Lisa was painted by that author. And so in this way, uh, SCPs as textual files can be minted and actually sold for a profit while being compliant with both uh, the CC license and with other legal concerns that would allow them to sell it to people. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone has caught yeah, on to that yet. Open C, my opinion on Open C and all this, by the way, is uh, please, please, if you're going to be an NFT thing, do the right thing. And if you if you find anything that's like, oh, it's related to, you know, something else, either report it or just take it. If, if you're Open C yourselves who are listening, just please take it off the site. Yeah, it's not, it's not benefiting anyone. It's just making someone rich that doesn't deserve it. Yeah, shout out to Shaggy Dreadlocks, also known as Lock SD Lock, uh, who is a is a very very talented SCP Wiki author who I I greatly respect. Uh, shout out to them and uh, uh, her, excuse me, and a couple other individuals who uh, basically took the time. I think the individual's name is Sayif, I suppose. S-E-Y-P-H uh, on, on Twitter to really gather and collate a lot of these legal infractions. So basically it becomes a problem when someone has released something as intellectual property and then that has been NFT'd. And just looking at some of these images, I see that the original image for SCP-173 has been minted. Uh, a lot of art from the art SCP project which previously was uh, the company of the infamous SCP wiki villain Andre Duxon 
but of course who sold the rights to all of this artwork uh, to another to another company I think uh, within the last year or two and then of Who course production could be behind the whole NFT craze however don't take don't take that I like take that with a grain of salt or take it as a joke I don't care because <laughs> I'm just who knows Maybe yeah, the, read, maybe read the person. Who knows? Yeah, uh, the shadow, the uh, dark and vague form of Andre Duxon has certainly imprinted itself on the psyche of most of the SCP Wiki. But I don't think anybody actually thinks that he's behind the NFT craze. In fact, he's probably just as angry and has just as much reason to be angry that someone is pirating his uh, intellectual property. Yeah. Let me introduce the topic here. So the next one on the recaps, this is once again November 2021, is called Intrastaff Affirmation and Accountability. And, hmm, this is an interesting one. Um, so let's read the recap here. Pedagon notes that a line in the admin and captain's chat recap praises the recap team and himself specifically. He takes the opportunity to say that giving praise Acknowledging the work people are doing and rewarding good work as something we really need to work on in order to retain people, to recruit new staff, and foster a positive environment among staff so that it doesn't always feel like everyone is arguing all the time or that the only attention people get is negative attention when something goes wrong. So this is an interesting thing to read because if you read between the lines, this actually is saying that in staff, it always, or most of the time at least, feels like everyone is arguing and that the only attention people get is uh, bad attention. That's only when someone stands out. And so we see a movement in this highly frayed context of staff diplomacy or lack thereof where there's a push to basically officialize the process of complementing one another and if you have to officialize the process of complementing one another then that's a pretty good indication that you don't like one another if you have to design policies that allow for a more positive space then your space isn't really that positive is it usually uh if you ever feel like a in, a, in an area where I've, I've seen like and people who get into like work environments where they're toxic usually speak out or report that to be a, yeah I so, don't know it's just, like I've seen things <laughs> yeah I mean so basically you know this is this wouldn't be a problem if not for the unspoken predicate which is that this is a really toxic place to be in and so what they've what they've started to do here that you know I'm not I'm not bashing yet I probably will in a second but you know I, I get the I get the idea it's it's nice to have people who um, you know are recognized for good work that's something we do here certainly in the SCF Discord but this comes across as uh, almost like a, a sticker board in a kindergarten in a kindergarten class where if when you do good things you get a sticker put up on the board for you. And yeah, and so the the irony of this uh, as a solution to a to a problem, which is not a solution. It's it's just uh, once again, it's sort of a, a mandatory positivity time. Uh, is that the manufactured effort won't be able to override uh, 
the organics of the underlying negative ones. And there's no better way to sap the you know spontaneity and so the meaning out of something like a compliment than touching it with the oily tendril of bureaucracy and making it someone's job to keep up with who is complimenting who and who hasn't been complimented recently, which is what is being discussed here. So this is the slide that you were asking about. Um, Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, so this is kind of this is kind of where we're going with this. Uh, for those who are just listening, the slide that's on the screen is basically two plaques of employee of the month. This is sort of the vibe that we're going down here, which is employee of the month. Are we going to get that next at the SCP Wiki staff? And it creates this sort of dystopian uh, mockery of sincerity, just like an, an employee of the month might get. I think that's worse. I think that's more dystopian than the friction and the difficult nature of the staff that is uh, being addressed as a problem here. It is very dystopian. Like you're, like uh, if you've, I'm not going to promote the meme. Have you seen 1984? But I'm just going to just just say right now, um, if you're if you're having to like just like give people like ways to shut them up and just say. Oh, you're the you're look at how how good this person is you're pulling a twitch and you're pulling a uh you know ink sock whatever you want to call it yeah i think at least if you you know it it certainly kills the vitality of organic and sort of groundswell compliments that you would give someone you know that genuinely feel like they've deserved it i mean the, the idea is that you shouldn't be approaching this from a top-down fashion where it's a systematic thing where everybody gets their sticker on the kindergarten board, you should instead have a, the sort of culture and the sort of roots in that culture that are happy and eager to compliment people for the good work that they do. And so this, this move, while I understand well it's being done, seems to kill the vitality. And as you're saying, Dr. Krim, sort of turns this into less of a compliment and more of a spectacle. Yes. And here we see on the screen other screen uh, shots. We have our superstar stickers. Wow, terrific, dazzling. And then we have on the right our behavior chart with uh, the names of, of good little girls and boys who are cleaning the room, helping mommy, sitting at the table, and overall participating in good <laughs> behavior. When I get this many number of diamonds, I will get blank gift. When I get this many number of diamonds, I will get blank gift. Uh, you could put anything in there. You want maybe an ice cream. But my point being is that these are supposed to be adults. And the greater point here is that this, what we're seeing emerge as a solution to a very big problem that is not a laughing matter on the SCP Wiki staff, is that this is a replica of the attitude that is being deployed in response to similar cultural issues on the site. And what I'm specifically thinking about is the waning culture of critique on the SCP Wiki, something we've mentioned several times in the last few shows, where there's this overly processed, hyper-cartoonized response to this potential upset sort of emotion where you saturate it in sugar and butter the sort of things that uh, children would be satiated by to try to tip the scales of the negativity 
Yeah, I've, I've said that on like a, on a previous episode where I like I think it was the previous one to this one where I said like people it's like an example of me like of my laptop and people saying like oh your computer is outdated and whatever I'm like I don't care you shouldn't care but then again SCP seems to be going in that direction like you said of just accepting that kind of behavior. Thank you for the segue. We're going to look into an example. Uh, last show, we briefly talked about SCP-6500. And in this show, we're going to talk about this hub uh, that also made uh, an appearance in the podcast called the Admonition Hub. And the reason why I want to bring this back out is because in this particular SCP, which is SCP-6747... Oh, no, sorry. This is a different one. I can't remember what the name of this one is or the number of this one is. But SCP-6747 is part of this hub. And on another article in that hub, we have an instance of talented critique. The sort of critique that, as we said when we were talking about Kalinan, would have been sort of the norm. If you take this critique and put it back a few years ago, maybe even only two, uh, there really would be no perceived problem with this. This is a comment left on this article in late December by a wiki.user, and I'm going to say this name wrong, Kenos Vogel, who goes into a tremendous effort and length to criti- criticize I think this it's article. Kenos Vogel, but okay, yeah, you're probably right. And so this actual, and this is really um, a theme that has been happening in these articles where this this individual would show up and uh, have some critical things to say. And in today's culture, when there is this sort of friction, when there is this combative um, mesh point or collision point of ideas and I'll say philosophies, where people have the opportunity to sort of meet in a gladiatorial sort of combativeness to duke out whose approach is supreme whose approach is more fit instead we get a response that is not dissimilar at all to the response that we just saw staff make when it comes to the friction-filled culture of site staff which is instead of taking the critique for face value and meeting it toe-to-toe there is this backlash where the priorities of the scp wiki seem to be bending towards people's uh, individual emotions and feelings. In other words, egos. Yes, thank you. Especially when we were talking about DJ Cactus over here. And and that's really, that's why I bring him up next. This this, uh, screenshot is of his Twitter, which uh, addressed the issue and then went on to say some interesting things. But the point of bringing this up is just to demonstrate that these sorts of comments... Uh, the ones left by this uh, Kinos individual, have enough of a ripple effect in today's culture to cause a lot of activity in places like Twitter, where individuals sort of decide that that it is something to address as a problem and, and then discuss. DJ Cactus Man, if you're listening, please... Please keep your ego in check because you've already got two controversies. I hope you best, but at the same time, you know, I'll, I'll say please. this. I'll, I'll say this. Yeah. You know, um, I think he's gotten better over time. I really do. I think that he hasn't hit 
the maturation point because if you look at his author page, it still is, uh, you know, highly self-congratulatory. And um, <laughs> but you know, I, I think that on the whole, he has calmed down a bit. And there's certainly part of this that not a lot of people can understand, and certainly you and I cannot understand. And uh, what I mean by that is that it's the same sort of mentality. If you've ever been playing a video game and you have a scarcity of resources, let's say you're trying to collect, uh, let's say you're playing Zelda and you're collecting rupees and you only have a limited number of rupees and, you, and everyone is valuable and you have to try to collect them. Let's imagine then that you were able to input a cheat code that gave you an infinite number of rupees or just at least a, such a large amount that it really, it really doesn't mean anything anymore to get a rupee. I think we've all been in that situation playing perhaps a video game and there's a part of the video game's challenge that is blunted when you do that. You no longer have to worry about rupees. And DJ Cactus is sort of that individual. He's sort of at that stage. It's the same stage where in real life individuals who have just a tremendous amount of money start to no longer really care about that money just given that they have a certain amount. And it truly does become less important to them. I think DJ Cactus is part of that stratosphere. I think he's one of the few ones who has, who is that rich in upvotes, we might say, to where he probably doesn't really care about them too much anymore. Uh, certainly not like he did in, let's say, 2018. So I think there's progress that's being made. I, I certainly can see uh, some improvement in his character on that regard. Uh, like I said, I think that there's some, some work still to be done and, uh, and uh, certainly some self-reflective awareness that might help with that. But let's, uh, yeah, yeah, let's continue. That with was, this that was funny how uh, when you were talking there in the background music, there was like, I think there was kid, ch children like giggling yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that was just the funniest thing. Yeah, that's usually, usually around the, uh, <laughs> the three quarters mark is when those kids show up laughing. But um, okay, so let's let's try uh, to get through this. So I'll, I want to try to finish the November today. I think we've been hanging on it too long. So uh, if we go on in the same topic uh, of the uh, intrastaff affirmation, is what they're calling it, and accountability, we see more interesting sentences that I'll now uh, read as quote: Zen and Doctor Bleep note that recognizing quote unquote good noodles has been done in the past, but no longer. AIS Mallard notes that it has to be someone's job, and this is what I was talking about earlier. That's a very bad move. Bleep makes it a policy to mention, reward, congratulate anyone who does good work, particularly during promotion votes. Optimistic Lucio feels like officializing the process misses the point, and I think Optimistic Lucio is, is dead on. Zin suggests a wall of fame. Very similar, like I just showed, to the employee of the month. Someone says a nice thing, and then it gets put on this wall. Pedagon is more interested in making users consider the human aspect and thank people they feel deserve need thanks. Pedagon was heartened by this positive mention of him and suspects there are other staff users who would appreciate the notice and affirmation. So uh, we're starting to see what I talked about, which is this employee of the month, this officializing of the process of complimenting people, which defeats the purpose as uh, Optimistic Lucio states, but that is unfortunately beyond the scope of consideration, at least initially, by uh, a number of you know notable people in the staff. Uh, 
And then we get into this sort of devolution where this chorus of self-congratulation spirals downwards and gets slightly nauseating. And let me read what I mean. So we get to a point where Pedagon is praising other people's praises. Moose notes that Lady Katie's international work is largely invisible to many staff, even now, but it is immense and invaluable. They also praise Rounder House and Dexanote for their oppositional perspectives during the censure debates. Dexanote thanks Moose and is glad Rounder House is in staff and notes that 2021 has been a hard year, but staff cohesion is improving and newer staff are all coming into their own, which is cause for optimism. Rounder House discovers to his horror that he has stumbled into touchy-feely hour, which really says, uh, says it all. And the dystopian aspect of this, it sort of reminds me from lines that we would see in something like The Handmaiden's Tale, where there's this culture of faux appreciation and propriety, where individuals are expected to politely greet one another, but it's more of a authoritarian imposition than it is a actual spiritual genuineness. And this approach of uh, celebrating and complimenting people in a forced manner when they may not have yet reached the threshold for such celebration actually has a name. It's a phrase, and it's called the bigotry of low expectations. It's essentially taking someone's mediocrity and celebrating it to make it seem less mediocre. And the example that I would give which my wife has experienced being uh, being someone who is of Asian descent. The example I would give is, oh, wow, a Chinese person is eating so much American food. Great job. There's this manufactured exuberance for relatively mild accomplishments. And I hope we can see by looking at this a little more uh, analytically how this doesn't actually fix anything. It's destined not to last, as we already saw it quoted, that it had failed once, and it's doomed to a sort of flash-in-the-pan run and to again dissolve into the overwhelming contrast it is forcing itself to distract from, not unlike a Vaseline smile. I just can't believe they did try this, like, whole ploy the month thing, like you said, because I'm like, you know that most people are just going to use that for, as like a as like a bragging right instead of actually controlling themselves. Yeah, it's going to get so twisted. I mean, you'll have people who baby who maybe, like I said, didn't actually. Des- it's basically the trophy for everybody approach, you know, which uh, you know we don't want to get into a bigger conversation about. I'm sure, but it's basically leadership kryptonite. You know, this is how you massage, how you need, how you coddle people's. Um, tenacity and resilience right out of them and it is in this way that the solution actually is making the problem much worse as we will see and I don't know if you noticed this but I think it was Moose who said that 2021 has been a hard year but staff cohesion is improving and newer staff are all coming into their own which is cause for optimism It is not a coincidence that that cohesion, that sort of difficulty and growth has come in one of the more friction-filled times 
in staff in, in recent memory. And there's a direct correlation between that friction, you can think of it as a resistance or a weight, and the strength that comes out the other side. If it comes out the other side at all, if it doesn't kill you, it will make you sort uh, stronger. And so when you try your best to artificially erode and take away that friction, what you're doing is not improving anything at all. You are backing away from the, the mechanism by which you will get yourself stronger. And Moose also notes that admin chat has frequently been concerned with staff cohesion and collaboration. We see a quote from Moose here that says, the praise is absolutely not irrelevant. On some level, to fix admin level issues, we must be aware of what non-admins are bringing to the table. And no one who's caused a fuck up, admin or not, did it because they wanted to fuck people over. We've all done it from passion. And the way to validate and figure out how to fix it is to be honest, which by the way, this approach is not doing. What old AdCat was doing, in my opinion, speaking for myself here, was fixating only on problems that were created. And to me, this is a little sickening. It's like watching a foreigner trying too hard to perform the customs they have zero capability of, of doing because you can't really flatter away the issues here. There are no number of highfalutin adulations that can combat the real world problems giving rise to their necessity here. It's like someone declaring musculoskeletal pain away in the name of Jesus or hypnotizing each other that it is going to work. So, you know, I, I think the words cajole and coddle are synonyms for a reason. Yeah, that's, uh, th th I absolutely agree with that. They further muse on Pedagon's unique situation. It must have been baffling to have staff think you were our greatest enemy based on a misplaced joke with no context. That's what you get when you forget how to seek to understand people's strengths. And that created the AdCap monster. And Pedagon is appreciative. So this is uh, interesting too. Um, because we see how someone was considered an enemy of staff based on a misplaced joke, basically in a misunderstood, uh, misunderstood co um, comment, basically. And then Moose responds, this is exactly what I like to see after we talked about making admins an administrative role primarily. I really do see this as a major shift from when I first joined staff and these kinds of moments of transparency and breaking down the hierarchy are extremely appreciated. And I am especially happy to see that people are being acknowledged through the disagreements. Until I saw that comment in AdCap Recap, I have been functioning fully under the belief that my neck is on the chopping block, so I might as well make time uh, my time uh, remaining count. And it truly is a skill to be able to see the passion people have when operating under different opinions and, and approaches. So this is such a breath of fresh air to see. Um... Yeah, so I think the bigger thing to take away here is that somebody's reputation was almost completely and irrevocably uh, destroyed because they made a joke that maybe somebody didn't understand very well. But anyway, I go on. There are a lot of examples of this if you want to check it out in the actual recap. But the general picture here uh, is that these staff members are giving each other the rat poison of flattery. And they are neutering the sort of attitude and 
willingness to fight and stand up for what someone believes in that is causing, on the one hand, a lot of, uh, you know, sort of friction and tension in the chat staff and uh, you know, discontent and discord, but on the other hand is causing a lot of issues to finally be addressed and a lot of growth and progress to take place. You can't really have one without the other. And it seems as though the unpleasantness of the difficulty that it requires to weightlift problems of this nature is here being touted as justification to get rid of the challenge in the first place. So the conclusion might be that the sort of tenacity that is being actively culled here is actually what is required to fix these issues, and this culture of noxious self-flattery is what caused the situation to become so dire in the first place. And then it's funny, if you read some more of these details, uh, for example, this sentence, And so Pentagon is saying something very revealing, and it plays into this dystopian twistedness of this uh, approach. Uh, Maybe the crux isn't the relief that Pentagon felt after he didn't have to feel like he had a target on his back for making a joke. Um, But instead, maybe the crux is the high-strung, uber-judgmental nature of a culture that will hang so much on one innocuous and apparently misunderstood joke. Uh, Maybe the crux is that the person felt as though they couldn't even bring it up until someone else did. Uh, This sounds like fear. It sounds like repression. It sounds like a police state where someone is afraid to speak their mind and bring something up unless given permission to do so. That's, uh, yeah, we don't want to go to China and the SCP yeah, and a lot of my criticisms are that SCP is trying to be more like China uh, politically. You know, you have you have a lot of censorship happening uh, within the SCP spaces, both controlled spaces and uh, spaces they don't control. And so uh, this is something that I'm not a fan of seeing. In fact, if we want to dip back into jobs that are available for Config Magazine, we may note that there is a job for writing about how the SCP wiki itself has been banned in China for uh, very thin and flimsy, feeble reasons, uh, yet it is upheld because of, uh, because of the culture where that sort of censorship is normalized. So it's uh, sad to see that the only humor that is in these recaps are essentially delivered by the recap team, which they do a very good job of, I think. Uh, and yeah, to them, perhaps to them. Yeah, they do a really good job. I think I think towards the November and maybe the December. Uh, I haven't really read. Oh no, that's that's not true. I have read the December recaps. They start to get a little heavy-handed on their recursive humor. That is to say, uh, they're getting a little carried away with uh, the opportunities to insert uh, funny things. It's almost like if you're in a a, a meeting, let's say a corporate meeting. And somebody plants a, you know, well-timed and witty joke, and gets the very professional, stout environment to sort of relax. That's a good thing. But if you suddenly uh, get so encouraged by the reaction that you attempt to make that professional meeting into a comedy stage, it sort of takes away the benefit of the joke. And I think that's sort of where recaps 
Pirates look to be going. I do appreciate their humor. I think it's really great humor. Uh, I think they're getting a little carried away. So in this discussion, Moose is talking, uh, once again, these are all these uh, very superficial, uh, hyper-pop, hyper-plastic uh, compliments being thrown around. And one of the ones that Moose... I love that uh, format up at the top where like, it's got a classic SCP thing going on. Yeah, this is, well, this is... inoculate. Fuck. Yeah, this is O5 <laughs> Command, so they don't really try to they don't really try to CSS uh, make up O5 Command. Although they were at one point thinking about doing that and using uh, none other than DJ Cactus's Overwatch Command CSS, and they decided not to do that for a lot of reasons. But one of them is that they didn't want to flatter DJ Cactus, and uh, I can prove it. Yeah, that's that's probably for the best. And so on this discussion, um, Moose wishes to counterpoint the above discussion musing on the disciplinary process, which we all know has been sort of at the center of a lot of this friction that staff are uh, addressing. And this quote says, I wanted to say, once again, this is Moose speaking, I wanted to say that getting disciplinary or getting disced can be good, actually. And this is just a funny, funny thing to see being said because... We remember the disciplinary thread about Serastes, which was not a good thing, actually. And, uh, of course, this is uh, perhaps an outlier. Uh, disciplinary action can, of course, be good for you. But it's a little strange to suggest that when the crux and the germ and the origin point for a lot of this friction and drama was an inappropriate disciplinary process. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yes, it's a little messed up. Uh, this line that I've highlighted says, uh, This knowledge is why Dexanote and Man have been advocating for their own censures for literally an entire year. So Moose is saying how good it is to be disciplined when they have delayed the disciplinary process for Dexanote and Man for over a year and completely ignored it, as we've seen for Dr. Magnus, uh, Moose specifically thinking that that is unnecessary. Uh, and then Moose cites that delay of a disciplinary action, which she thinks is a good thing, as a token of how good it is to want to be disciplined. Which is like a spaghetti bowl to even say. It's very, very convoluted, but basically uh, they're telling you that disciplinary, that being disciplined is great, and then using the meaningless delay of the most paramount example of discipline in the space as evidence of it being more of a good thing. Which is amazing to me. Yeah, that's uh, why. Why did they wait over a year to to discipline someone? It's actually that's been pulling out YouTube right there. Yeah, and that's, YouTube. Yeah, and so that's a great that's a great point. And it's actually been over a year by now, and there really is no answer to that question. Uh, you know, someone like Moose would tell you that we have to do this by the book, and that the book isn't properly written. For such a scenario, even though administrators have been censured in the past, no problem. So that's a little odd that it's no, no longer something that's done easily. But uh, there have been these dramatic um, efforts to completely revamp the entirety of the disciplinary process and the things underlying it, like like policy, uh, before Dexanote and Dr. Everett Mann are, are disciplined 
um, which once again is already missing the target because the individual who should be disciplined and who is not being disciplined whatsoever is Dr. Magnus. But there really is no good answer for why it is being delayed. Uh, it's constantly being fronted as this thing that needs to be put off and uh, clarified, but we've already seen that clarification of policy is not necessarily going to solve anything. In fact, the entirety of the charter that led up to the moment where Dexanote and Dr. Mann needed to be disciplined did not help or aid any measure to get that disciplinary process going. So arguing in the context of that and as a response to that, that more clarity is, is the fix, is the ticket, is a little misguided in my opinion. So the next topic has something to do with what we talked about, which is called Thanks for All the Stress. And uh, one, one sentence in here says, uh, think, there's been a lot of fighting, but wow, if you asked me a, a year ago, staff could be how it is now, I would laugh at you. And this goes back to what we've already said, which is that there's no mistake that there has been so much internal turmoil and friction, and there has been this amount of good change at the same time. Real change costs energy and time and struggle. And so, uh, once again, I would like to point out that the hug box that is being created is not doing anyone any good. You're essentially removing the pain that you must have to get to the gain. Uh, this is a group of people who want social cheat codes to have all of the gain without any of the pain. And of course, I hope it's obvious how that ties into the more cultural, more authorial mentality that we've observed in the last few episodes. By the way, I just posted in chat. It says, uh, it's the uh, Chaos Insurgency logo. I'm saying future SCP behavior be like. <laughs> yep, who knows? It's going to be interesting to see. Not, not like the out of care, like not like just like the out of character behavior, but like how like they, they seem to drive pleasure from down on no. <laughs> yeah and that's really been the it crux knew. yeah it's been the crux because it, one of the results of the town hall was the awareness that staff did not hold themselves to the same standards that they held the rest of the user base to when it comes to you know making fun of people and you know if you want to say that making fun of people isn't a bad thing that's your right to say that you know i certainly think that's a that's a position that could be argued but the problem was that they were applying one set of rules to themselves and another set of rules to everyone else. And so uh, getting through the last of these topics, we have a topic called disciplinary speed up discussion. Uh, this is about something um, once again to do with the center of the Tootsie Roll Pop, which is Dr. Uh, Dr. Everett Mann and Dexanote's censure. And basically, this was floated out to see who would be interested in expediting the process uh, because it was taking, as Dr. Krim, you said, so, so long to actually get any disciplinary effects in motion. Disciplinary effects apparently being a very good thing for for people, but uh, not not for these people. Yeah, when I when I screwed up in the uh, Discord, I'm just sorry to bring up old drama, but I've like in the server, I think about a week ago, I uh, accidentally uh, almost caused SCPD and RPC to have a, uh, a beef again. And Ooh. what it took like only about a, a day for 
really like anything for me to get get disciplined for that. And uh, Harmony disciplined me for basically timing me out for a week. And that's an example of disciplinary action. Why did what what does SDP have? I mean, it takes them a year apparently. Well, the, another thing to say there that I think Harmony would also say is that, you know, the decision th at that point was made to mute instead of ban, which I think, you know, if you have too, uh, you know, too uh, light of a trigger when it comes to something like a ban, when you have other options available to you, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to be doing anybody any favors, uh, you know, you would make enemies very quickly. And if we had done that, you know, or Harmony had done that, you know, Dr. Krim, you might not be here right now. So appreciate you being here. Yeah. So I would be more interested to hear about this uh, potential skirmish between RPC and SCPD that you were at the center of. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, if you're wondering for the viewers at home, what I did as, uh, oh my god, the Pixelate Army just posted a bunch of CI logos. Oh god. Um, what happened was, is that, um, I was in a voice call on RPC, RPC's Discord, and uh, I was, I went full retard, as they called me, and uh, went there to do a test to see what, what they thought of RPC, and they even pointed out to me that I shouldn't have done that because they're, they're already going to start pointing heads towards them, and that was not a good thing, and so I, I still got out there fine, like I, I, I waited to change my profile picture for like a, a little bit, and uh, but after two days I changed it back to the RPC because I wanted to, I didn't want to draw any suspicion, but I still got muted, which is, I, I, I actually kind of agree for that, that should, that should have been done. I do not deserve to be <laughs> accessible at that point. Yeah, so on that note, if we go to the config wiki, just to kind of plug ourselves a little bit here, uh, this was actually a sensitive point when we look back at the uh, June 2018 Pride controversy, uh, because there was a lot of exchanged raids and attacks between places like RPC and SCPD, so uh, obviously that is very sensitive territory that you were, that you were stepping on. Yeah, I know. It's just like uh, I almost caused, you know, another raid between them, and I, I do apologize for that. And uh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have stepped in the waters, especially in, in their words of uh, stepped in the cesspool. You know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's gonna it just you don't, you don't ever come back out. Yeah. Well, no harm done. It sounds so. Uh, a dear miss is better than than a drama. So, uh, once again, uh, finishing up here, we have just a few more slides to get through. But uh, Dr. Krim, to your point, this whole delay of disciplinary uh, was once again addressed after this um, hug box moment and this statement from Moose saying that being disciplinary, uh, disciplined is a good thing. And there was, we just saw a topic all its own and an 05 post all its own that nominated the idea of uh, expediting the whole process. Well, the next topic right here is called disciplinary speed up discussion extension and the recap states the deadly moose wishes to extend the discussion of speeding up disciplinary procedures which uh, is self-satirical by this point uh, mini meets does a good job here he notes the irony of asking for a delay for a discussion about speeding something up harry blank sings the title line of the never-ending story 
Jorath Forecast's discussion, extension of November 2021 discussion involving the disciplinary process exception for current cases involving the November 2020 incident. <laughs> Athena Dora uh, riffs on the Monty Python dead parrot joke and Jacob Conwell interrupts to actually be serious. Uh, actually, actually be serious is a, a misread. It's actually so serious that it has gotten to the point of memeing and self satira, uh, satirical content. Not, not unlike the hug box, but like the, like the hug box chronicles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does anyone miss that? I mean, I mean, I don't, I'm not a, a big fan of like, especially nowadays, especially looking back on Mr. Medicare and all that. He's, he's not a good person, the best person. However, I do enjoy the uh, hypocrisy hug boxes that do crop up occasionally, like the misfits we start having a fit. Well, you know, the, I'm again going to plug our recent work, which was this June 2018 Pride controversy, where Mr. Medicare is covered extensively. He's actually given his own section. The video that he produced was um, basically summarized. And I don't know if people know this, but there was a video, and then after that, there was a live stream about the same topic. And those were two separate things. But a couple of points that we had to bring out in writing that section and be a little honest and fair about, because, you know, Mr. Medicare, I think regardless of what you think of him, he certainly uh, inflamed the situation quite a lot. There probably were better ways to go about it. But he did have some points that were lasting. And one of those points was that there is no other logo, there is no other celebration given to any other demographic group on SCP. At the time when people brought up that, oh, if you change the logo here, why, why can't we change the logo in February for Black History Month? There was a lot of uh, sycophantic yesing going on at that time where people endorsed the idea of doing that. And in retrospect, it looked as though Mr. Medicare had a point because none of that has ever been implemented. Uh, no one ever, despite their saying yes as a as a way to sort of uh, meet that argument halfway, no one has ever done any other sort of logo celebration. Uh, and that was, what, four years ago? It could be, yeah, four years ago, probably. That was like, 2018 was a different time. It was before the pandemic where everything slowed to a halt. Yeah, a large amnestic was taken in 2020 in a lot of ways. But moving on, uh, this topic, uh, just to briefly mention this, uh, is called Site Crit Future. And this is uh, another installment in a very, very long series of failed attempts to defibrillate the culture of critique, which we've already talked about and, and addressed in this podcast. And there's historically a team on staff that tries to reinvigorate or maintain or reinject a sort of critical approach to the back end of articles so we have already on scp a very robust front end critical process and that that of course is green lighting and everything that goes along with that and this is meant to sort of flank the standards flank the articles on the site with standards uh, and so this Crit team is supposed to go on articles that are, are already published and make talented critique. But this team has stalled out several times. It has been reinvented several times and uh, doesn't ever seem to be able to get off the ground. And so this is probably just going to be another edition of that. 
And then the very last topic in the November 2021 recaps is not really anything to shake a stick at. It really goes back to what we talked about, uh, I believe, yesterday with the distinction between chat staff and staff chat or site staff. And it's about basically an ambiguity that happened here um, where someone was banned on the chat and there was disagreement from the wiki side of things over that ban. And of course that uh, got a got a conversation going as to who had the right to tell us who else uh, what to do. This is just a, a slide that I wanted to pull back out to reinforce something said yesterday where basically there's a lot of mirror banning on the site. And of course we can see now in this uh, conflict uh, where chat staff and site staff are trying to tell each other what they should be doing as to how and why this can be encouraged by ambiguity. If you're banning mirrors on main site from the generic 17 ban thread, for example, uh, and that this should be sort of a de facto thing that happens almost automatically, uh, that is in some ways signaling that there should be harmony and uh, congruence between the site staff and the chat staff's approach to bans um, and so it, it would make sense that they would get into some sort of argument when people don't feel the same way. We see other individuals and staff noting that the IRC is still official. That of course uh, is just some more confusion. SCP, you're about progress. You've, you've stated with all your ideologies. Just move on from IRC, man. It's just it's not that hard. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and well, this is this is certainly something that they can make some progress on. Uh, we have people like Cute Girl saying uh, who was behind the decision-making process for this chat ban, and of course, that that being significant because this individual Cute Girl has to explain who is actually making decisions, which once again is not anything that anyone is super informed about. And then I wanted to bring out this comment stated by Lily, also known as Lily Flower. Lily feels that it's disheartening receiving criticism about chat staff policy and actions from people who actively do not even use the chat. Gremlin Group apologizes but asks, what's the point of a public log of bans if it's rushed and inaccurate? Basically, Lily is here saying that you don't have any power here, so you don't have the opportunity or right to dictate what is going on in the chat staff, uh, which once again is flies in the face of the interconnected system of accountability and authority that we've been trying to trace. I think that's it. A lot of this is just details. We, we see silly things like uh, Lily, w when when asked to defend her stance, Lily will say something like, I don't have time to explain this, but then sits there for another 30 minutes and argues about the same topic. So clearly Lily does have time to do this. Anyway, it's just mass confusion and mass chaos with yeah, this. That's, that's very funny how this is like, I don't have time yet argues. So it's like for constant like yeah. an hour. <laughs> right. So... You know, uh, don't know about that one. 
I myself is, is guilty of that, I will, I will admit, but it's, it's always funny to see when other people do it. Speaking of, seeing, the only money does. speaking of seeing other people do it, I did want to pull this out. This is the last slide for the 2021 recaps. I do take time to go onto the main site mirror. Of course, uh, these recaps take place on 05, and uh, the discussion is also posted onto the actual SCP Wiki forums, the actual website, for users to comment. And I do like to see what users have to say here. And this is just one that uh, I took. I think the individual commenting here is Sir Slash, uh, who we've seen before uh, level some criticism at the site, particularly the chat staff and things like this. But I wanted to bring this out. This is one little clip of their long reply to this recap. And Sir Slash is quoting uh, a uh, statement, and the statement is, I'll ask again, is chat staff official now or not? And uh, someone is someone is actually saying this to Sir Slash. Let me back up. So I think this is Sir Slash. Uh, Sir Slash's comment is being responded to by someone on uh, the recap team. And so Sir Slash says, I'll ask again, is the chat staff official, is the IRC official or not? Which is a decent question, which has been the whole reason why we've been talking about this. I think it's safe to say by this point that this that uh, Sir Slash is justified in wanting to know because there's so much confusion around this. And this member of staff, who is also a member of the recap team, who responds, has this to say. As I have explained to you, the server is not owned by us, but the channels are our official chat space. There is no other answer to this question. Site 19 and Site 17 and the critters are official. If you read something that seems to imply otherwise, either the thing you are reading or the implication you're deriving is wrong. Which is incredibly confused because Site 19, Site 17, and the critters are all subsets of a larger set that are subject to the global policy of the skip IRC. This doesn't even make sense in its own statement. There are there are already in its own paragraph moments that it contradicts itself and that it cannot be correct. We actually don't have to look at something that seems to imply otherwise outside of this statement. It's already confused enough to conclude that it must be wrong. And then Sir Slash was also noting that someone in the recap team had conceptualized and termed the SCP IRC as quote unquote QFIT's personal thing. And so Sir Slash is repeating this and says, these are your words, not mine. And then once again, we have a confused response from this staff member and member of recap team who says, QFIT owns the network. Our, st our chat staff run the channels. Think of it as how we don't own Wikidot, but we run this wiki, which once again is remarkably confused because uh, this actually demonstrates the point quite clearly is that all of the wiki is dependent upon the Wikidot. It's dependent upon the terms of the Wikidot. It's dependent completely upon who runs the entirety of Wikidot and that they have a single point of control and failure over everything. And essentially this response is repeating the same fallacy that is ignored, which is to say that everything in the SCP Wiki is completely dependent upon Wikidot. At least as it stands currently, that's a larger discussion about Project Foundation for another time.
Yeah, that should be discussed another time. Like it's because Wiki Wikida is in itself uh, very similar to IRC, where it's like a like an old site, but it's at the same time, I'm like most of the traffic goes to SCP and stuff like that. Yeah, but we would not ever say that the rules, policies, and actions on the larger sphere of Wikidot don't have any effects on the SCP Wiki, would we? No, because just... <laughs> But that's the argument that this person from staff and from the recap re uh, team is trying to make, which is uh, it's, e it's either... Uh, hideously self-unaware and unintelligent or it is just not trying very hard it's just very lazy and uh, quite quite insulting actually to think that someone's gonna gonna think that's a good argument all right well uh, we went a little long today but I think it was worth it getting through the November recaps uh, dr. Krim thank you so much for joining I really appreciate your contributions no problem man yeah this is, uh, I just wanted to join in because uh, I realized you were going I was like oh my god he's alone I'm gonna have to join <laughs> that's okay you know I've done this for for a few weeks by myself and uh, I just really appreciate the company uh, it's not necessary for the podcast to go up but it, it certainly is appreciated so thank you yeah all right so i hope everybody yeah, thankfully this isn't like the baited podcast where we're all arguing with each other and not <laughs> well it might one day you know because once again we can take uh calls live if anybody who's not in the discord server or is in the greater you know containment fiction community you know because myself and harmony particularly uh both of us particularly are uh, not very popular people in the containment fiction space we're uh, largely disagreed with on a lot of uh, topics so uh, I do imagine that one day we may have a very combative environment in this podcast and in this chat but yeah going back to my point uh, one of the points of this podcast is that I think that that's a good thing I think that uh, we welcome uh, the combat of ideas because I think that the strongest will survive yeah that <laughs> I'll, I'll like to be proven right or wrong yeah, and you know, it's once you have something so ostensible as a, as a defeat or a victory uh, like that, I think it makes everybody better. I think the individual who won gets to demonstrate that their ideas were superior, and I think the individual who was proven incorrect has the opportunity to understand how it was that they were defeated, which of course can be taken as a lesson to not let that happen again. Probably that probably be a lot of me where I'm just gonna be like, oh yeah, I believe this is. I used to be a for for reference. I used to be a mega, and so when, when I was uh, but when the pandemic struck, I finally woken up my eyes. But it was one of the few things where uh, I was like, uh, for a while, I was to argue with my dad, and uh, I'll constantly get wronged, and so I was like, oh no. Well, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So. All right. Well, uh, thank you all very, very much again. I hope you have a fantastic week, and we will be back here to discuss whatever next week uh, starting Saturday and again on Sunday starting at 11 central and going until about 12 or as we have done today about 1230. So hope you have a great, great day. And again, thank you very much. Yeah, everybody.